Today on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, we're going to be discussing what the re-signings of David Krejci and Patrice Bergeron for the Boston Bruins means for the Florida Panthers in the same division. We're also going to talk about a recent Bill Zito interview with Daily Faceoff, and we're going to talk about the World Juniors, which started yesterday. We're going to discuss that and more all on today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome into this Wednesday, August 10th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from pantherparkway.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. Don't forget to also subscribe to Lockdown NHL and Lockdown Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Stu Road, and we'll be covering all the offseason activities around the National Hockey League. So a little bit of housekeeping uh, here for, for you guys, just because, you know, we we're in the thick of the offseason and all that stuff. This is the time where less of the news of what's going on in the NHL world kind of gets to like slow down a little bit. So a little bit of housekeeping based on really where the podcast is at now versus what it was like this time last year. And of course, the download numbers between the podcast and of course, the YouTube channel growing it has been up. So I kind of like kind of want to like reintroduce myself in a way for people who haven't been here for uh for, since I took over uh Locked On Panther. So for for those who haven't been here for a while, just a w- little bit of what I've done in, in my past with media. Uh worked in golf television golf television for 8 years prior to to COVID and well w- started working remotely transitioning to remote with COVID and then eventually when NBC Universal decided to move one of their offices out of Orlando to Stanford, Connecticut. I was uh, me and over a thousand employees for NBC were left without work at that time, and it eventually helped me transition over to this podcast, Locked On Panthers. So, telling you guys a little bit of my experience with the with the Locked On Podcast Network, and of course, January, crazy to think that this coming January will now be two years of me doing this show. And it's been a, a lot of growth and really a lot of growth, not only with the with the team, not only with this podcast, but of course, the Florida Panthers community that we have here and and the growth of the fan base as well. And, you know, I, I it, it also felt great to be around the area as well this this past weekend. Uh, as some of you guys know, I'm I'm no longer in the region. Uh, I'm, I'm four hours north uh, in, in Orlando, but I was able to come down this weekend and was able to just be around the area and just enjoy uh, the, the time there just to, to visit a few uh, family uh, back home in South Florida. But great to be back. Great to be back also in the Lockdown Panthers studio where I'm usually doing all my recordings and all that stuff. But let's get into the news of what has gone on throughout the weekend and of course, we discussed on Friday about Calgary inking Jonathan Huberto to an eight-year contract extension. We talked about the signing 
uh, prior to recording with Nick, like literally five minutes right before uh, recording, we had that breaking news uh, right before we recorded. But also more bra- uh, more signings happened over the weekend is center uh, Dave- David Krejci returned back from Czechia to the U.S. to play for the Boston Bruins on a one-year deal, $1 million, you know, over the age of 35, not expecting David Krejci to be at the same level that he was prior to leaving he was never a guy who averaged over a point per game during his time in Boston. It had similar numbers during his time in the Czech League, but of course a lower division uh, there. So coming back, I don't know if we're going to expect those same numbers, but but here's the situation with the Boston Bruins. Charlie McAvoy is going to be out for a little bit and as well as Brad Marchand. And of course, the worst kept secret in the NHL this offseason was Patrice Bergeron coming back. It was rumored for the last few months that he was going to re-sign a one-year deal. It just was never made official for the Boston Bruins. But with these injuries of Charlie McAvoy and Brad Marchand and Jake DeBrusque rescinding his trade request from the Boston Bruins, the Boston Bruins was able to give him a little bit of security with the two-year contract extension. What this does for the Bruins is that it helps them kind of keep afloat based on their injuries. Yeah, they're an older team. And yeah, this team is always going to be competitive as as long as some of those main pieces from their Stanley Cup run, even just a few years ago in 2019, even though they lost to the St. Louis Blues, they, they have been able to, that is a group that has been able to stay together throughout the years and uh, a group that has been really able to consistently be in the dance, even though they haven't made it even to the Stanley Cup final every single year. And that's that's what has been built in Boston for the last decade plus there with uh, with with Marshan drafting McAvoy in 2016. We did an we did an episode last week on what if the Panthers traded up to draft Charlie McAvoy because there was a report that the Panthers really wanted him. And as well as, of course, one of the best two-way players to ever play this game, and Patrice Bergeron now has the record for the most times winning the Selkie. So, and the value that they're getting out of Patrice Bergeron at two point five, they still have some work to do in order to get under the cap. But it's gonna, it's it's not, it's gonna make for Boston. They're not. I don't think they're gonna fall off a cliff as much as many fans think they might because. Uh, of those two guys coming back. So for, but let's also consider this is that with the division standings last year, we knew who was going to be in two months before the season even ended. Like there was a 32 point separation between Boston and the next worst team in Buffalo 30 by 32 points. Yeah. Ottawa got better. Yeah. Detroit's going to get better. Montreal's still rebuilding. Buffalo is getting better as well. Florida, on paper, got a little worse. So Tampa Bay is a year older as well. So it's it's it makes the Atlantic Division probably the most competitive division in, in the league if it wasn't already that last season. So these re-signings help them keep afloat from any of the injuries that they have on their roster right now. And of course, uh, and let, let's... I when this offseason started for the for the Bruins, I was kind of thinking, let me judge this team based on the first 10 games. But 
Marshan and McAvoy are going to be gone for two months before they they return. And some of the the opponents that they have are, you know, it's 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 not gonna it's not gonna be the easiest of roads for them. They have a few cupcakes there, like the Coyotes, the, the Ducks, um, there. But they also play Florida twice in the in the first two months. Tampa Bay twice as well. Pittsburgh, New York, who made the playoffs last year. Toronto, um, and then they have a few rebuilding teams or middle of the pack teams as well rebuilding team of chicago middle of the pack team in vancouver and st louis st louis as well so it, it for the bruins don't ex, don't be surprised if they're around 500 by the time charlie mcavoy and brad marchand come back so this is this for the boston bruins for their fans and for the the team uh it, it's a good sign for them and for the division and for all of us who what, 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 regardless of our opinions of the Boston Bruins, whether we love them or hate them, they're, I believe that this is a team that could possibly still be around, even though at the beginning of the offseason, many of us thought that they were going to definitely miss the playoffs. In the next segment, we're going to be discussing the latest Bill Zito interview with Daily Faceoff and my takeaways from the interview from Bill Zito. But first, we're going to tell you all about Athletic Greens. And our next partner is something that I've started to use often, especially now that I'm back up here in Orlando, because when I was down in South Florida, believe me when I tell you, I drank a lot of cafe con leche at any Cuban restaurant that I went to. Of course, you, it's a must when you're down there. So that, that's why returning back here, I gotta, I gotta take my fair share of athletic reasons. So what is this stuff? It's with one, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotic and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients for your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. Right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Had had to take a quick uh, sip of water uh, there right before starting this second segment. And because this is a South Florida-related podcast and what I drank just drank out of was a South Florida-related cup, just added another Flanagan's cup to uh, my collection of cups. If, you know, you tell me you're from South Florida without telling me you're from South Florida. <laughs> but anyway, Bill Zito uh, on Tuesday... Uh, sat down with, um, with the podcast with Frank Cervelli and Jason Greger of Daily Faceoff and spoke about kind of his perspective on the most recent season, the trades, how he built, how he built himself up from becoming an agent all the way to where he is now as a as a GM. And I had a few takeaways based on what he spoke about and. Also, there's a few things that he said that we've already heard from him already based on even the most recent 
introductory press conference for Matthew Kachuk. Spoke about Paul Maurice and Matthew Kachuk checking, a, you know, going through checking some boxes, something we've heard before. So when making decisions, we he's spoken about things about saying about today, tomorrow, and next week. Thinking about all three scenarios uh, there. But one word that was that also makes this trade very even more encouraging already is when Cervelli and Gregor were talking about Matthew Kachuk when he first became available, calling him a unicorn. And then Bill Zito thinking about that unicorn player being available and just, just goes to show that when you go after, when you make this kind of a trade two 100 point players uh, being exchanged for one another, it's, it's just, once again, that we talked about that little thing called opportunity cost. And that that's what Bill Zito did. And talk about how when it comes to making certain moves and it goes, he talked about going back to organization. And of course, when, when you're an agent starting off, you have to, of course, you have to have your fair share of spreadsheets as well. Thinking about certain scenarios. Also, di- also different phone numbers as well of who to connect who to who and here um learning about certain players behavior certain learning certain about their their tactics same thing with when you're an agent and learning about how a gm negotiates as well are they going to are they going to be firm with what their what their offer is going to be or are you going to find a way to use a certain vocabulary in order to get them to where you want to go um, as far as the number that you that you want to get to, and of course he learned over his time as a as an agent not to overreact to wins and losses, and that that's kind of that that kind of it, it, you could take that one of two ways. Of course, the sweep is not the still doesn't look good to this day, and maybe some people might think um, this trade could have been like an overreaction to the Florida Panthers being swept, which is valid. I'm not going to tell you how to fan uh, th- this team, but once again, when you, when a player players disappear from a, a playoff series and you have an inexperienced coach as well, leading them, sometimes a shakeup is necessary for a team. And it was really going to be hard for, the Panthers to bring this exact core group back, even if they lost the pieces, the surrounding pieces that they gained from the trade deadline as well. And also asking the question, why, why are we making this move? And Bill Zito is some told, said that that's his process, whether it's trading for someone or even signing them in free agency when, when you have limited amount of cap space why are we doing this and and it goes back and it goes back to goes back to the trade why did they make that trade and it's just he and he said earlier in the interview think about the today the tomorrow the next week the next year and even in the beginning of the offseason we spoke about how when you have an opportunity to sign two players on your team currently long term that you kind of you have a possibility to handcuff yourself and that's what could that could have happened with Huberto and Uyghur let alone those two contracts that they have of already of Barkov and Bobrovsky and just looking at the cap hits of of players 
in the NHL, a lot of the the cap hits that that are in the league, at least where where Huberto stands, is tied for ninth highest cap hit in the league. A lot of them, a lot of them have multiple players who are in that same top ten, and some of them are on the same teams like Marner's Matthew, Taze, Kane, and Drysaitel McDavid. Some have won, and others haven't, and some have plateaued. And though Kane and Taze have won, that that team has plateaued after winning. The Leafs, they're still trying to get in a position where they can get past the first round. Edmonton happened to be in a place where they got to the Western Conference Final despite uh, firing Dave Tippett and Jay Woodcroft, leading them all the way to the Conference Final despite being swept by the eventual Stanley Cup champion. But you ask why. Why do you make these moves? Because you don't want to be in the same position as some of those teams already high up there in the cap. You don't, this was an opportunity for the Florida Panthers not to handcuff themselves. And when you look at that situation, it makes more sense each and every day. And now that Huberto signed, there's still no word on a Mackenzie Weger extension. Um, there was a fake account that said uh, what his extension was, but it was, I looked at that tweet and the tweet, the person tweeting that only had 12 followers. So it was not a real report on Uyghur. So Uyghur has not signed an extension uh, with, with the Calgary Flames. But ima- imagine imagine paying all four of those guys. Bob, Barkoff, Huberto, and Uyghur. It'd be really hard to move those contracts. I mean, look at, look at the Chicago Blackhawks right now with training for Seth Jones and owing them 9.5 and then going into a rebuild. That those that contract becomes untradeable, at least for the first few years. And nobody wants to carry on that much dead cap in, in, in case a player's play falls off. And yes, we're still expecting Jonathan Huberto to, to have a, the, a point production similar to what he did last season. But it's all about asking why do you make these moves? And that's what, going back to uh, Bill Zito's interview with Frank Zaravelli, it's about asking why in every single situation, every single signing, every single trade. And it's a, like you, we ask why for the recent, most recent trade deadline, because this that was the year to go for it. And also he was, and it's about how you can recover as well. He spoke about recovering. If you, if you sign those guys, and they don't get to the level that they were at least in the regular season and then beyond, uh, then how how is Bill Zito going to recover? That trade made him recover before he could even <laughs> before he could even he forecast a possible disaster. Remember that twenty twenty five pick won't play in the NHL, assuming that it's a pick over the number twenty won't even play in the NHL until 2027-28. So let's not worry about that pick once again. He was also asked about culture. And it's not necessarily... He spoke mostly about how winning doesn't necessarily mean that you have a winning culture. I mean, look, going back to Chicago, they won. 
but culture wise is very questionable for that franchise based on everything that happened off the ice. He spoke a little bit about how culture is about what you can do to get better every single day. It's not necessarily winning on a specific night, but how you can be better every day as far as not only what you do on the ice, but off the ice, who you are as a man as well. And of course, he spoke about how, once again, learning through each and every GM through these players. And now it's helped him become be in a better spot that is like, okay, I've been on the other side before. And let's not forget when he was in Columbus, he was the guy who was structuring the contracts for players when he was an assistant to Yarmo Kekalainen. So gives a little bit of a perspective behind his line of thinking without necessarily revealing every single thing um, out there for other people to hear about how his style of GMing is so little, little bit of a little bit of a perspective based on uh, Bill Zito there. That's for sure. In segment number three, we're going to talk about the World Junior Championships that's going on in Alberta, Canada. What has been the results so far in the tournament and more? We're going to discuss that next on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about BetOnline. And BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your sports betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and golf. The FedEx Cup playoffs are this week, so you might want to put in your golf bets, that's for sure. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. Third and final segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast on this Wednesday, August 8th edition of the show. And as you notice, uh, no Jacob today on Winans when as today is usually Winans Wednesday because Jacob made this announcement public on the Twitter. I I will also say on the podcast for those of you who are not on Twitter, but uh, Jacob is going through some a little bit of a family emergency, which has had him out for the last few weeks of the show. So we've been in communication the last few weeks and he also made it public on Twitter. So uh, just those of you guys uh, who don't, who aren't on there, Jacob is in good spirits. And from myself here on the podcast, uh, Jacob, if you are listening, best wishes to you and your family during this, during this difficult time. But let's go back to the world junior uh championships uh so far the scores from the first day of action of the world juniors and you know like we talked about on friday on last week talking about the world juniors that you know it's it's not it's not not every team is at full strength based on when this tournament is happening and of course august is usually like the time that a lot of people turn off hockey and you know transition to other things people who aren't into baseball um, right now, don't even watch sports during this time of year, or they're getting ready for any um, NFL training camp. But there's still a hockey tournament going on, and this is a hockey podcast. So let's talk a little bit about uh, World Juniors. So Czechia defeats Slovakia uh, five to four with Noyarov Savklovsky and Simon Nevich there. J- um, Jakub Kaz, uh, Florida Panthers 
2021 sixth round pick played on the third line did not record a point but his team Czechia did defeat defeat Slovakia five to four uh team Finland defeats uh Latvia six to one uh Kasper Puccio who also wore a letter on his jersey wore the letter a as an alternate captain uh 2025th round pick also gets the sixth goal of the game with 120 left in the third period uh a slap shot right from the from the blue line to to get make it 6-1 for Finland de- uh, defeating uh other Florida Panthers prospects San- Sandis Vilmanis uh who played on the second line for team Latvia um this podcast is record is being recorded prior to the USA Germany uh game uh that by the time you're listening to this, you guys will know the result of it. But we are recording this 15 minutes before puck drop. Lines are out, and Mackie Semaskevich will be playing on the third line for Team USA. And another addition to uh, the World Junior uh, rosters from the Florida Panthers' perspective, we spoke about all the players who are on the team, uh, on the teams. But one final addition is Jungvig Janssen. Uh, who is now on Team Sweden playing uh, in this year's uh, World Junior Championship. But one of the biggest news of the week was that Michael Brindamore, the chair of the board of directors, has resigned from Hockey Canada. And trigger warning for anyone um, listening, as this is the continued conversation on the sexual assault allegation going on under Hockey Canada. And... I don't know if this necessarily solves the issue of everything that Hockey Canada has covered up, but with his term ending in November, it, it's it's a big move for him to step down at this time based on all the public criticism co- coming their way. And if they're if they if they want to have a change to make sure that either neither of these things happen again, then it starts with some of the people who have buried uh the problems for so many years and michael brindamore um good for him that he decided to take the the role to step down um at at an appropriate time when this when this when the allegations came to light but of course we can't we also have to recognize that this was something that was buried under the rug and that this is something that should not be tolerated neither so when there is an opportunity, when you hear something about these events in 2003 and 2018 from Hockey Canada, also, you know, it, it shouldn't have to take this to to resign neither and to step in and talk to the people involved and say, hey, this won't be tolerated. So still a lot of possible blood on their hands, too. Let, let's not deny that. And we will see what the latest developments are for everything that goes on. And it's, you know, really hard to, to watch um, hockey Canada right now. And based on what we know, and of course, this is, this is not, this is likely not the only organization in the IHF that this ha- has happened with, with just some of these stories from other teams pro- are probably not out in the public. So, just hopefully that this tournament we could have a fun tournament and we could have these kids have an opportunity to represent their country and the fact that they could play for some pride but also that everything off the ice we hope that there isn't any trouble with any of these kids so that's kind of that's kind of really what i'm thinking as i'm getting ready to once 
once the recording of this podcast is done, I'll be definitely tuning into USA versus Germany and and seeing uh, our boy Maki Semaskevich uh, play. He did score a goal uh, for Team USA in their first game last time around before the tournament ultimately got shut down due to COVID. So we'll see if uh, Maki Semaskevich could have a repeat performance uh, here for Team USA. And we'll be talking about more of that throughout the week here on Locked On Panthers. But make sure to subscribe to the, to the podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, and YouTube so you can see my beautiful face as we talk uh, Panthers here. So it's off-season, back from a mini vacation, and we're, and back to be talking about more of of everything in the Panthers off-season. And just make keep the energy alive, ladies and gentlemen, because it, it's going to be another fun season coming up in just a few months. So if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast. You'll be notified every single time. The Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Road, and we'll be covering all the off-season activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, don't forget to listen to today's episode of Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked on NHL, your daily 30-minute podcast. Sorry, Armando Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day.